With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. I saw the Phaeton today. It looked kind of sad. It's, we, I took you in to get uh, tires on the Maserati. Yeah, tires are coming and, on the Maserati. Uh, and that same mechanic has got the Phaeton waiting on the uh, the new uh, struts. And so it's just sitting there in the parking lot, covered in snow with its front down. Wah, wah. It just looks Forlorn. sad. Well, I saw one strut in the, apparently in the, the shop. <laughs> apparently the struts got bailed separately, and so they have a strut. Where, where are they all shipping? I Wouldn't don't know. think if Not you order two, they just pull two off the... But I'm trying have, to use logic, aren't I? Yeah, I? Stop it. They yeah, have, they I have, know. They have, the struts are coming. So they're coming soon. That means I've been driving the Lancer. <laughs> and I am. I know I'm the only one that likes it, but yes, I do like that car. Yes. And it is phenomenal in the winter, and it is still very loud, but it is phenomenal in the winter. And, of course, now, of course, I had the uh, the winter tires on it all summer. I drove it probably six times. The winter tires on right. it all summer. Now it's gotten cold enough that the winter tires are, like, in their prime. That's right. You kept the winters on all yeah. summer long. I did. I drove it, like, six times That's all so winter. Funny. I mean, all summer. So what, what? who cares, you know? Well, yeah, we were but, driving a whole bunch of other cars and exactly. traveling. And, and I was in yeah. the Lotus and a bunch of other stuff. I didn't need it. True. I, I literally only drove. <laughs> It so if funny. I had to take my bike somewhere and I couldn't use the Cayenne, and that was like six times all summer. So I got wow. So I got that experience. By the way, do do as I say, not as I do. I got that experience where I got to drive full winters in on a seventy degree day, squishy, and know huh? what that feels like. Don't squishy. do that. By the way, yeah, I was very cautious. But uh, anyway, so yeah, don't do that. But now the tires are back in their prime, and I'm just aware of how rock solid that car is. I, I'm going to put Good. this out there. I'm going to put it out there. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. If Big if, underlined, italicized. The Phaeton actually decides to run from here on out. I might sell the Lancer. Because mm. I don't want it to sit there and not be driven. That's I understand. The, the I mean, here's me. So, this is my not missing the Lancer face over uh, here. Well, I know. You, you and my wife will be like, bye-bye. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, but if I sell the Lancer, I'd love to go somebody that, that listens to the show. I'll, I'll post it, period. Sure. But sure. it'll be interesting. We'll see. We'll see. So that may go. But I've been driving it and enjoying it today and realizing that I am the only one that does enjoy it. But that's fine. It's a cool car. All good. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the pod- podcast. Happy, happy Friday. Happy Friday. Day after Thanksgiving if you're in the U.S. Crazy. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. I want to invite you to the website, everydaydriver.com. And while you're there, go to the Adventures tab right in the middle. And when you click on that tab, you will see on the left column, Spain and Portugal. This is the Iberian mm-hmm. Peninsula trip for 2020. It's going to be crazy. It's late April 2020. And so I am cordially inviting you to come. It's more expensive, but you need to look at the details for this trip. Yeah. The price is also posted. And admittedly, it's a more expensive trip than our regular pilgrimage trip. However, it's, it's twice as much driving it, as the regular pilgrimage It's twice as much driving. It's there you go. an amazing... It, it's... Germany and Belgium are great for driving, where we go. Absolutely, yes, for sure. From a vacation spot kind of feel, (laughs) if you're there to drive, great. If you're not there to drive, you're not going to have a good time. There's nothing else to do. So this trip is very different. It is mm-hmm. spouse-friendly or mm-hmm. friend-friendly, fi- whatever. whatever, yeah, whomever for sure. you want to for bring. Sure. But I will say that if you look at the trip and you think, ah, that's not me, I can't go, we'd, we'd love to have you, who do you know that can go? And the reason yeah, I say that point. is yeah, because yeah. The, the folks that we want on the trip don't necessarily have to have heard of Everyday Driver or the show at that's large. Fair. That's fair. We're not yeah, necessarily yeah. looking for that. We're just looking to get this trip under our belt so we can make it a recurring trip. We can Hopefully, go, yeah. you yeah, know, yeah. sort everything out. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're currently doing that, obviously, but just kind of get a lay of yeah, the land yeah, and yeah. all those things and then make it a recurring trip and figure out price and all that stuff mm-hmm, for the mm-hmm. future. We want to do that. So if you know of somebody, think of somebody that, hey, you know, car enthusiast, mm-hmm. you know, dad wants mm-hmm. to bring son or you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. A- yeah, yeah. Any kind of combination. doesn't matter. So check that out. Read it. Mm-hmm. And I hope it'll tempt you to come and spend your Christmas bonus we're, on the trip. We're as astounded as you are by this trip, by the way. I mean, when the pieces are coming together, we kind of look at this going, this looks amazing. It is. It's going it to be amazing. wickedly expensive, but it, it looks is. amazing. And it is twice as much driving admittedly, admittedly. as the ring and spa. It's two days on each track. It's a scary, which you just don't get into unless you're a member or apparently unless you go with us. Right. So right. Th- there's a scary, And then two days on Portimao. Which apparently Astounding. is more fun than spa. I don't understand how that's possible because spa is awfully fun, but it's apparently more fun you than know spa. How automotive journalists always say, "We're here to find out." That's exactly what we're going to do <laughs> we're with Portimao. We're going to find out. That's good. we've like heard that. spa is that's not as good. We we need to verify this. That's I, terrible. I, I need funny. to you know. <laughs> 
it's all in the name of science and research, really. <laughs> we're yeah, we're sacrificing. We really are. Need no, to we're find not. Out. No, we're not. Speaking of sacrificing, we have those big sedans, and that's mostly because of you guys. So thank you guys for that yeah, generosity. For sure. uh, that is closed now. It's fully closed. Some of you jumped in after you realized we were serious. <laughs> we have really closed out that now. Other things that exist, you can see from the website, is actually merchandise from the store tab that takes you to Amazon, where you can get actual Blu-rays for people to give them at Christmas. Yeah, Some for of you sure. Have asked, I think that's a really good option. Also, we have various T-shirts and we have a jacket coming. If it's not there yet, look, there's behind-the-scenes stuff going on. I'll just go ahead and tell you. There's a really cool jacket coming. You've seen our jacket that we wear in some of our reviews. It's very similar to that, except it has a red and blue stripe combined, both of those stripes side-by-side, kind of GT style. That jacket that's coming is going to be very limited edition, but that is coming. Also, we have some new shirts coming, including your shirt for the Maserati and mine for the Phaeton. <laughs> yeah, those are going to be out in the next week or so. There may be stuff already there. Know that we're behind the scenes working on stuff here. Even Thanksgiving week we were, so we're not sure what's actually gone live yet, but yep. there's stuff to check between now and Christmas. If you're listening a week or so after Thanksgiving, that stuff's up there now. Speaking of merchandise, Adam M. on Facebook wrote to us and said, Can I take you guys back for a time? It's January 2017, podcast episode 162, shortly after we were ranting about another Faraday future reveal. We're posed a Mustang question. Apparently, I said the only way they could ruin the Mustang is if they gave it four doors and made it an SUV. I well done, sir. Guess I said that well out loud, done, and no, did, I did yes. not have inside info, and I called it nearly two years ahead of time. Yeah, I still feel the same way. We need to drive that car, but you know, even the the Mach E won't be out for at least a year until just being built. Press cars, notwithstanding, yeah, it'll be next fall. Yeah. So we went on podcast episode one sixty five. We're searching for a cheap luxury car for someone, and Todd stumbles upon an ad for a two thousand five <laughs> Volkswagen Phaeton for thirty nine hundred bucks. And he said, Adam says he gets unbelievably excited. Yeah, which is not what I'm known for. Yeah, <laughs> and he says. Yeah, yeah. We should immediately buy it and use it as a long term for the show. I, I remember having this conversation with you, and you looking at me like I had actually lost my mind live on the like, air. You, you're looking at me like we are not doing a third any ear of that. out of your cheek it's or something. Not happening. Nope. I did give you a weird look, and he, and then we said we just laughed it off and ended the episode by teasing a T-shirt that said "Cheap Phaetons." Yep. All of which is happening. So two years later, we've got the cars, yeah. and now we're working on the merchandise. So that is coming. Adam, I cannot believe you found this. Any of you that actually had the really small type uh, ask me about Cheap Phaeton's shirt, which I really like, and I still have one. This is going to be a better version. It's yeah. going to be a better yeah. shirt. That's coming, and Paul's Maserati shirt is going to kill you. I, I am going to wear his Maserati shirt with pride. It's going to be so funny. We'll need to wear each other's shirts. So of course. Honestly, everybody needs yeah. to order both shirts because you're going to want it's gonna both. It's going to be so absurd. It, they're yeah. they're a week or so out, folks. I'm sorry they're not up yet, but we're teasing stuff that is coming because I guarantee you it's coming. We have two really cool car debates. They are both uh, car debates for the recently driving, which is kind of cool. Actually, college-age cool. people. We've got Philip in Rochester, New York, and then uh, we actually have Mike writing in, but he's writing in for his college-age son, also in New York. So we've got some upstate stuff to handle with some really cool car debates. And hey, I hope you are recovering if you're in the U.S. from whatever you ate yesterday because it was probably too much. That's just how Thanksgiving works. <laughs> it, is, it is. But uh, we are going to continue with this podcast. I want you guys to know something. The week that Christmas falls this year, Christmas is on a Wednesday, I think, this year. Mm. That week is the only week we'll take off. We will not have a podcast that week, either Tuesday or Friday. But right. we will come right. back for right there at New Year's Eve. We will do the last podcast of the year. It's going to be a really cool wrap. We always do a yearly wrap-up, kind of the state of the show. We're going to pick our performance cars of the year, so to speak. Also, our, our favorite cars going forward. Lots of funny stuff happening on that podcast. I wanted to tease that now, but I also want to let you guys know there is a short break coming in a few weeks, but it is only for two podcasts. I chose both of these emails, and thank you, Philip and Mike. Mike is writing on behalf of his son. You're yeah. both in New York, both in upstate New York, as a matter of fact. By the way, I will say, if you want me to you know, just have you exchange emails because you're car friends, mm. there's always the building of the car community. I would be happy to. Please let me know, guys. So... I chose these because they were interesting. We've talked a lot about yeah, yeah, yeah. millennials and Gen Z not being interested in cars mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and yeah. not being interested in driving. Here are two solid examples of the opposite of that. Agreed, agreed. Which is fantastic to see. So, again, thank you for writing. Philip M. is in Rochester, New York, and he says, how do I love driving even more? Help me, guys. <laughs> love driving even more than I do. His multi-scroll email clearly states that he likes driving an awful lot right now, but uh, there's, there's more to come, yeah. Phil's a 19-year-old real estate agent and student of business in Rochester. Rewind that for a second. Hang on, hang on, hang on. What was I doing at 19? 
None of that. Screwing Actually, around. Actually, yeah. at the age of 19, I did have my first summer job, University of Wyoming in Laramie. That's right. I was there for the summer, and I had my first summer job as a, as a DJ. I was a DJ at the oh, – I was overnights on the pop station, and I was early mornings. I have to tell this story because I love it. On the classic rock station. <laughs> the problem was – here I am, 19, okay? The newest song in rotation, the newest one we had, was The Police, Roxanne, 1978. That was the newest song in rotation. You're kidding the me. oldest song in rotation was from the 40s, early 50s. It was Mac what? the Knife. Oh, my gosh. Which I now know all the lyrics to to this day, and I hate them. Of course you, you do. Can tell. Yeah. But, so I had to play music that I literally knew nothing about. I think I knew maybe a 12 songs on the roster. That's so funny. So I had a, a trial by fire that did not go that well that summer. But but this is what I was doing at 19. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> our friend Phil is a real estate agent and business student just in case he was bored. I was getting general ed out of the way. I was at CSU before I went to Art Center in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. L.A. I was yeah. just getting general education, you know, not doing, Phil, what you're doing. Which strikes me. Sorry. Unreal. Sorry. strikes me. That means you and I were roughly in 90 minutes from each other. You're right. At, summer of 93, Holy we were 90 cow. minutes from each other. Which is bizarre how the world works. Anyway, onward. That is bizarre. Phil, thanks for writing. All right, so he's a longtime fan of the content. He stumbled across the podcast and the YouTube channel, and he tells everybody about the reviews, even if they aren't the most automotive inclined. That's Can you cool. see the, the glazed eyes when you start to be like, no, 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 let me Subject tell you. Subject change. Subject change. We get that too, Phil. Yeah. It's all right. All right, so he got his first car at 15 before he could get his license. The neighbor's 2001 Volvo XC90 with the Turbo 5, okay. 170,000 right. miles. He said, great first car to have for winners, but after nine months, and then he got his license, the itch started. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Both his folks drive electric cars, he says. Based and, on his recommendation, it sounds well, like. Well, yes. Yeah. He says, thanks to constant shopping for something more interesting for them. He says, but otherwise, they don't care much for motorsports or performance cars. However... Phil's girlfriend is a total gearhead, racing carts competitively since she was eight. Sounds like she's a keeper if you're a car person. No yeah. kidding. He says her summer car is a 1976 BMW 2002 that is pristine. That is really cool. Thousands of dollars poured into it to make it handle like it's on rails. Get this. Her family's into cars. Big time. Her mother is an autocross champion, and her father is a serial car collector. <laughs> Perfect 996 Turbo, a singer, a singered E28 M5 with 380 horsepower, three E24 BMW M6s, Buick Grand National, Porsche 928 S4. Ooh, ooh. Up to 30 cars. Here's what's crazy. Holy by moly. the way, by the way, I, I'm apologizing now to, to, to two groups of people. First off, I'm apologizing to... Uh, <laughs> to Phil's girlfriend because uh, this is coming. And then also to Phil's girlfriend's parents for the fact that Phil off- has already offered this entire car collection to you and me if we come to, want to come up to the Which New I York. think we need to go to say, New York and yeah, see just, the collection. All, I almost want to do it just for the knock on his girlfriend's parents' door where they're like, sorry, who are you? Exactly. How did this happen? Uh, Phil, here, do you know me, about let this? Let me rewind. No, listen, right here. Right here. Right here it's on the like, podcast. Terrible. We're like yeah. 13 minutes in. Right here. All right. So, Phil, he says... A few months into dating his girlfriend, her family had influenced him to bite the bullet, drive something fun. Uh-huh. So he started shopping, you know, for the fun car with her dad, first looking at R53 Mini Cooper S. Very cool, yeah. And so they found one, 32,000 original miles, perfect condition. The opposite of the million-mile Mini that yes, I had. Yes, exactly. But it does sound like it was kept in just about as pristine condition, except even lower miles. All right. He said... I think I'm going to beat the snot out of it. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. So he said he dove into the YouTube universe to find the right car for him. Had to be fun, sound good, tracking, autocrossing, but it didn't have to be practical. You know, what could a 16-year-old buy with his own money, essentially? Yeah, this was at that age. And he finds he finds our Fiat 500 Abart review, where we put it next to Fiesta so ST. So many people have found that yeah, review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So our Tiny Turbos comparison. He said... He actually connected with the fact that it was flawed and crazy and the ridiculous exhaust note. And then he found one he could afford. Mm-hmm. And he bought it pronto. A 2015, it had been on the, the – it was a dealer car. Okay, so it had some dealer miles on it. So he got it for crazy cheap, $13,500 cash. His 16-year-old self bought that car. Philip, clearly you have done better with your money than I have done to no this point kidding. in my life. So anyways, he went and bought that car. The only downside is it happens to be an auto. And his girlfriend is still looking at him like he's insane, but he loves it. He loves that car. <laughs> well, since then, he's taken on countless autocrosses and time attacks. He's got lowering springs, shocks, Bridgestone 71R tires, a tune, a true Y-pipe exhaust, stiff sway bar. He says, this car is a proper weapon. He has beat the <laughs> snot out of this thing. And 26,000 miles later, it has yet to leave him stranded. 
So he says, thanks for pointing me to the right car. But, I love it. You know, it didn't it. help that his grandfather was totally into Fiat's. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. interesting. I think it's great. And I love that that car, you are a person that gives us further evidence to buy that car and drive it. Absolutely. Because there have been people that have asked us about the 500 Bart, been like, I don't know about that. You have hammered on it, and it's been phenomenal for you. And I'm thrilled that you like it. That's great. So, okay. Uh, sorry. I'm going to say a sentence. This is all before he turned 18, you realize. Oh, no, but that's the thing. The next sentence, I just kind of stopped me, and I kind of went, what happened now? Uh <laughs> Once I turned eighteen, I got my real estate license. Yeah, I, I was, I was, I was, I was a freshman in college. I was lucky to dress myself. Okay, seriously, I was lucky to like show up at class showered. Okay, you've got a real estate license. What is going on in the world? Well anyway, done, yeah. well done. He said he got a used twenty fifteen BMW i three REX with nineteen thousand miles as the daily. Yeah, he says it's quirky, not boring to drive, gets a lot of attention from friends, and you know he likes it. And so he says there's a big sound juxtaposition between his two big cars. Time. He's got the snow tires and wheels for both the BMW and the Abarth, and he dailies them most of the year. I love it. I love it. Wow. All right. So that all sounds great and all. Mm-hmm. This was last year. That was when he was 18. Yeah, I know. Because it, Phil is yeah. 19 now. He's all bored. <laughs> no kidding. He's he wants 19 something and all bored. much, much more serious. He wants something <laughs> truly special. He says, I want a weapon on track, a seriously quick car. And something that lights a motorsports fire inside of him. Okay. That's a tall order, my friend. It does. But here's where it gets really crazy. Apparently, real estate is doing nicely for you. Honestly, I'm sorry. I'm having a moment here. I'm having a moment here. (laughs) Phil, I just say well done. These people, and I'm putting Phil in that list. These people that are this successful and on top of it, this young, I sit here and go, wow, I wasted decades. Anyway, yeah, okay. (laughs) So, yeah. Now, what was I doing? I work work awfully hard and have for quite some time, but I missed the the off-ramp that was be successful quickly. (laughs) I missed that completely. My sister does this all the time to me. She says, all right. Eight years ago today, what were we doing? I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't, she's, and, then, and she tells me. I'm like, she knows. Oh, yeah, that, that was a cool does, yeah. day or whatever. And then, you know, here's the photo from that day. I'm like, yeah, that's great. That's cool. I, I can't remember that. Yeah, that's like, very funny. Anyway. Well, Phil has a first choice, which tells me a lot about budget. His it does. first choice, because he doesn't actually break it down. He says, you know, within reason, he's got a flexible budget, within kind of like normal reason. reason. But his first choice is the Alpha 4C. Are we talking new or used here? I'm I'm assuming we're talking used. Okay. I'm assuming we're not talking new, but that still means we're talking every bit of forty five grand. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just guessing forty forty five grand up there. for Phil's next car, which is crazy. Now, to his credit, both the cars he bought right now, you think about the I three and the Fiat, both were bought for probably about fifteen thousand dollars. So this is his big step up car. Which is a really nice step up too. Absolutely, absolutely. So my guess is we're talking forty forty five. What I love about you looking at the Alpha 4C seriously is that your beloved girlfriend <laughs> says, I love that you're a car guy. I'm pro- she, probably said, she probably said with a wink, I love you, but it's probably how this happened. All right, all right. But she said, essentially, look, you are about to be a guy who keeps talking about how much you love manual transmissions and buys yet another car that doesn't have one, mm-hmm. which made him go, huh. If I'm going to have this throwdown car, it really ought to be a manual, which is where he kind of hands it off to us. All right. So he says his mind drifts over to an E92 M3 with a stick. He's driven one, and he says it absolutely has something magical about it. We agree. It is an incredible track car. It's a great summer daily car, and you could take it to an appointment. Yeah. That means a real estate appointment, you understand. That's what that means, yes. He says, if I wanted to, without sticking out like a sore, quote, Italian sports car-shaped thumb. Ah, but you're 19 and you're a real estate agent. I say stick out like a thumb. That's I'm fine. I'm kind of cautioned to the wind as well yeah. here. Anyway, yeah. So, mm-hmm. All right. So he says he's got low on-road standards and will probably daily whatever this car may be during the summer. Which means it could be something that most people wouldn't tolerate. That's what I, that's what I read into that. Welcome. Good to so, know you, Phil. First fun car, manual transmission, summer car, fast and dynamic. He's got a garage pace for winter. He says yep. the right car is worth the right price, but you know, the less money we spend, the more he can spend on tires. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I get it. Mm-hmm. All right. Actually, undercut. For my first suggestion, I actually undercut this wow, good for you. theoretical budget, 45, okay. 50, okay. Yeah, yeah. even 40,000. All right. So he's open to anything. It can't just be good. It has to be a car you have experienced as special, meaning we have experienced we as We believe it to be special. special. Yes, I agree with that. I agree with that, yeah. Just a different headspace. Yeah. So I started out with a Hyundai Veloster N, Philip. $29,500 sure. yeah. okay. in performance blue and the performance pack, and you're all done. 
It's an astounding car, and I do think it's special. It has the rev matching six speed. It's got a lot of power. And keep in mind, Hyundai has developed and tuned this car at the ring. They are becoming experts in tuning, especially front wheel drive, but tuning cars for track purposes that you can just beat on. Mm -hmm. And I have, I continually think about this car, the price, the slot, where it fits. Okay. It's not the rear wheel drive GT car, whatever, Mm -hmm. but for what they've done for the price, the the amenities it has, the warranty, it's brand new. I think it looks great yeah, for cool twenty nine five. Cool looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's it's hard for me to walk away from that. It's something to consider as a starting place. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was initially thinking also a factory five eight one eight because this is hmm. the uncomfortable. Wow track car you can beat on this thing very different people will <laughs> yeah. ask you now what is that what on earth you have there yeah you'll have to go it. down the kit car road but that's okay because you could come back to you know even a bmw 135 i even thought about a 1m that would be a special i car. have that on my list do you yeah i think it's probably out of the budget but i have it on the list i'm gonna go kind of strange and okay, all of great. you are going to think i'm out of my mind on the other hand, I'm now the Maserati this happens, owner. It, so it's all relative, yeah. I think sure. that ship has sailed around the world a couple of times. Probably. We'll so continue. And then at some point, we'll probably sink. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, you yeah. can't say, Paul, what are you doing? You just Paul used to be rational, and now he has a QP5. <laughs> exactly. It's all out the window, yeah. I'm Maserati guy, apparently. Now, before we leave BMW, mm-hmm. I was looking on the MotorCarStudio.com okay. site. All right, sure. They're in Atlanta, okay. and they have a 95 E36 M3 in that gorgeous Daytona violet with the gray mm, leather. Okay. Only yeah. 38,000 miles for 33.9. Huh. Deliciously gorgeous time Wait, capsule. But, but an E36 M3 for 33 grand? E36, yeah. Sorry, but I think that's overpriced. It's perfect. They're cool. They're it's very, They're very cool and unique, but that's – I mean, when you it's can go out and get one of those for 10 you could three of that gin, I just – All right, so you – I don't know. Anyway, I'm just I, see saying, where, I see where you're at. It, was, you're at. it was a tasty it, thing. It's eye-catching because of what it is. I see what you're pretty gone. Philip, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go nuts here because if we're going to go nuts, let's go nuts, right? <laughs> go buy the cheapest Ferrari you can find. Yikes. And I'm Yikes. talking – I'm talking a Mondial or a 308 – in the $50,000 range hmm. because we have discovered these cars to be truly special. Yeah. As is the maintenance. I agree. What's I, the insurance? I told, you, Sorry. I told you I was going to go crazy. What's I told the insurance you? insurance for a 19-year-old with a Ferrari badge I on the insurance? I warned you. Oh, wow. All I right. warned you. <laughs> the reason is Todd and I recently took a trip in, in July – Took a trip up to Washington. Yes, we did. And we were offered the chance from our friends at Griot's Garage. They mm-hmm. offered, they pulled their 91 Mondial out of the garage. It was the hardtop. Yep. It was not a convertible. So it was the hardtop. It did have the longitudinally mounted V8. They actually mm-hmm. went through three or four variations with the V8. It's craziness, yeah. By the way, I found a 1986 on Bring a Trailer. And was, it the, was it the one with the gold wheels? It's not going for much? No, this is brown. It's like coffee nut brown. But Electric GT has electrified a Mondial or a... <laughs> Stop. Anyway. Stop. It's ripe for the electrification. Anyway. Oh, anyway. So yeah. cheapest Ferrari you can find, and they are a special driving experience. And you think, no, those are yeah, the base, but- cruddy Ferraris. and They are. This Mondial lit me up. They're still special. I, I was amazed that. by the inputs and mm-hmm. the gated shifter and the fact that I forgot about everything. And I thought, this is like sort of the base Ferrari. It was just the entry-level thing. And... I still really like it. I yeah, had no yeah, yeah. idea. <laughs> That's why it resonated. Now, yeah. neither we're, of these cars we're, we're are track in cars for sure. Yeah. Neither of them are track cars. The insurance, the maintenance, mm-hmm. just the general. I need to do stuff to my <clears throat> Ferrari. And yes, it is a weird, sore Italian thumb sticking out when you it want is, to take people. For sure. Yeah. However, <laughs> I make the case. You're going to try to justify it. I love it. You're I, already I a 19 year old real estate agent. Your clients will never forget you if you pick them up on a Mondial. <laughs> they will never. Fold yourself at the back there, sir. They will never forget you. They will. That's true. I mean, it could be used as a marketing tool. Your business could make it a write-off. Interesting. Look at you. I had another friend who was yeah. thinking about buying a Hummer from yeah, Plan B up here in Ogden, Utah, yeah, yeah, yeah. and using it as a marketing tool for his real estate yeah, business. Yeah, yeah. Now, I wouldn't want to drive around town, especially in Los Angeles, in this thing. But yeah. he was wanting to, you know, a sort of a memorable, For you know, sure. splash yeah, with yeah. graphics and all that stuff. I thought, okay, interesting idea. 
But with the Ferrari Mondial or a 308, everybody will connect to that, especially 308. They'll be like, oh, Tom Selleck and blah, 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 and yeah. everybody will connect yeah, yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. And you'll you'll be unforgettable, my friend. <laughs> now, again, this is not for track duty. I don't know what to do about that. Get a Miata or just go spec racing with you know the, you the Miata or something and, and do the hardcore track we- weapon. But this, for 50, 55, you've got yourself a Mondial or a 308. All right. Unforgettable. All right. Bright color. It is a crazy Italian exotic. Otherwise, you could go with a 914 or a 912 or a cool 911 SC from the early 80s or something. But that sounds boring in comparison to a 308. Does it not? That yes. That sounds completely yes, boring. Yes, but it also sounds like something that he could probably find by drive and run but anyway these yeah are, you but know. that's that's no fun philip caution to the wind my friend we're, we're not buying things that don't run you should too that's really where we are squibs and cannons and explosions and a wall of flame and yeah. come on let's make the entrance okay so i wow all right. told you i warned Phillip, you sorry yeah you and your girlfriend girlfriend's family parents i'm apologizing to all of you <laughs> anyway this is continuing though we're not done yet i'm assuming 45 ish Fair I'm enough. Assuming. And I'm still, with like you, I'm going to push up to about 50. I okay? like the Alpha ID. I do wish it were manual. If they made I, that I car, agree. I, I agree. think it'd be beloved, to be honest. I'm trying to find you something that is unique. I'm trying to find you something that's not just like, oh, another one of those. Oh, another one of those driven by a young kid. I, I want sure. I'm trying to get past sure. that into something where it appears to be a discerning choice. I don't think the E92 M3 is that. I think it's just... Younger guy in an M3. Sure, I just, see that. Okay, he could afford it, and he bought one and done. If sure. we're really shopping Alpha 4 season, we really have that much money, which I'm still flabbergasted by. But okay, let's do with a few things. If you want to do BMW, it is the 1M. Now, that's going to be 55. That's a special It's going to be 55 though. to play. The higher mileage ones have come down, yeah, like 50-ish? 50-55 is going to be the base. That would be the car. I but do love it that. Is the, if you want a unique BMW, that is the one, okay? That is a fantastic Agreed. Frankenstein parts Agreed. car. It's manual. It's Awesome. You would love that car, and it far exceeds that M3. That's your unique BMW. Yeah, for sure. And that's also the BMW where, to people that don't know, it's going to be, okay, young guy in a BMW. Mm-hmm. But the people that know are going to be like, that, that, tell me why you have a 1M. Yeah, They're going right. to know, which is really cool. I say get it in orange, but I'm weird. I realize you want to seem a little bit adult, so you probably don't want it in orange, but nah. I still say get it in orange. So BMW 1M. The other one that I think is almost too normal, but you can be selective and that is you get yourself a used Cayman because yeah. that also does yeah. track duty. But I think, can okay. you get yourself for your budget? I think you might be able to. Can you get your Cayman R? Um, the 987 Cayman R? You might 50? get a higher mileage Cayman R, and that would be the 2012, 2011 or 2012, yeah. I believe. Yeah, yeah. Those are very special, I agree. Mm-hmm. But the the really nice ones are still 65. Of course they but are. But those yeah. are the low mile. I haven't driven it. I haven't yeah, tracked yeah. it. If you find something sort of... 60,000 miles. You could you could do a Cayman R. I like that. Uh, I mean, to spend like it the that. other way, you could just get a Cayman S of that generation, and you could, you could spend you thirty, could. okay, yeah. thirty thirty five, and enjoy yourself. But if you're looking for unique, it's the Cayman R. So those are the other two. But the the four C led me down two paths. Okay, you're going to see this coming, but I think you need to drive the Lotus Elise and the Lotus Evora. Okay, because they are in many ways what you like about the four C. Not Lotus common. Elise for real estate clients. I like that. Well, you not have them follow you to the or meet you at the property. You're not taking them I in it. I love that. You're shopping a sports car you can track. Let's, Let's just throw cruise away around the fact. for half a day looking at houses. Let's throw away the fact that they're they're just going to meet you at the property. They're or they're going to follow you, and they'll oh, and they won't like lose that. you in traffic. I the, like that. But so drive much. the Elise. The Avor- You're not going to do it in the four C anyway. No, he wasn't going to drive them around in the four C anyway. No. So no. drive the Elise. Ideally, what you want is 08 and up because they do a slight uh, modification and slight improvement to the interior starting in 08. Okay. I don't think you should do the supercharged. It'll just increase your insurance, and you're probably not going to need it. But shop the Elise. Also drive the Evora because it is it is absolutely the midpoint between the rawness of the Elise mm-hmm. and yeah. the Cayman. It's the middle ground. Sure, I see that. Yeah. And I think it is the classier, more drivable choice. Drive both of those. Real I think, estate looking choice. I guess so. <laughs> but, but because you like the 4C, the size, the look, all those kind of things – Lotus gets closest while still offering you a manual transmission. So those are my recommendations for you. Hopefully, for a 19-year-old real estate agent, I still can't believe I'm having this conversation. Philip, congratulations, and get something fun. <laughs> Agreed. This is 
isn't this different? This is it's amazing. It's amazing. And I and I and I'm st- sitting here going, I've wasted my life. Other than that, I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> Philip, congratulations. Let us know what you end up getting. Please write to us with your own debates, EverydayDriverTV at gmail.com or on the website when you're perusing the Iberian Peninsula trip. You can go yes. to the right side of the page. You can under the about tab. There's a contact button right there, and you can send us your car debates. We've all been there. You're wrenching on your car, and then suddenly you round off a bolt head, or you strip out a screw head, or that nut you actually need to remove is frozen in rust. So what then? Now there's a great solution from Rocket Socket, the company which has a legacy of making fastener removal tools with proven technology. Rocket Socket has created a new premium set of removal sockets for damaged fasteners of all kinds. They easily remove pretty much everything. Damaged, rusted, frozen, stripped, rounded out fasteners, they remove them all. And most importantly, all the sockets are 100% made right here in the USA with high-grade American steel. These are incredibly cool and perfectly simple. If the sockets fit the fastener, whether it's a bolt, nut, or screw head, it just won't let go. The secret is the proven razor grip superior removal technology. All of these sockets work with all standard ratchets, impact wrenches, and power tools. We've stripped more bolts than we can count, so we're excited to use these sets and have Rocket Socket as one of our sponsors. Go to therocketsocket.com. That's therocketsocket.com to choose the most useful fastener removal socket set for yourself, or you know what? You could give a useful gift this year. All these sets work for any kind of projects, for your car, even around the house, too. In addition to free shipping, you can now use the code every day and save 15% on any socket set purchased through the web store at therocketsocket.com. That's 15% off at therocketsocket.com with code every day. You may not be buying a car right now, but you're probably still looking. We're all looking. We're all looking all the time. And it seems there's always a new place to search. That's why we love autotempest.com. With Autotempest, you only enter your search one time and you see the results from Cars.com, eBay, all of Craigslist, and many more. Or you can jump over to AutoTrader and CarGurus without entering anything new. So if you're looking for fun or you need a car right now, don't go all over. Start at Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. The weather's changing, but the sun is still out and still baking your car's interior. All you need is a custom sunscreen from Covercraft. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car, and they keep your car a lot cooler while you're off enjoying the sunshine or whatever you're doing. I have used these for years, and I'm telling you, I swear by them. These custom sunscreens from Covercraft are available in a whole range of colors, and they're a simple, affordable way for you to keep your car cooler all summer long and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens from Covercraft. It's one of our favorite car accessories. And remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com, or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. We all have a lot of to-do lists, and some of them get quite long. You know, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea, though. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. And the good thing is, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save, you've heard it before, 15% or more on your car insurance. Extra money in your pocket? This just may be the most rewarding to-do thing on your list today. I really like this email. Oh, Mike's writing Good. to us, Good. and he's saying, I've found the podcast and really like it. Mike, thank you for being with us. Really appreciate it. You said, our podcast is helping you commute and do long drives, and that's awesome. But you're writing for your college-age son. Yeah. You want us to help you buy a car for your college-age son. You, your description. And I honestly, honestly, I don't think I've ever seen this description before from a parent. You actually describe your son as he's hardly ever asked for anything. Does that happen? <laughs> Does that – I mean, Mike, are, you, is cool. there, are there some rose-colored glasses here? Because he's 19. He's asked for stuff. I'm just saying. But, you, but you're realizing the quality of person your son is as he becomes a man. And you're going, I'm going to spend twenty grand on a car. He is a – growing car enthusiast you want to get him something good yeah for sure well by the way you know if you want to you know i can send you philip's email and then you could go look at (laughs) philip's girlfriend's father's car collection and just hang out and talk cars if you guys want (laughs) just let me know i love hang on i I love that out there somewhere (laughs) philip is terrified because we are offering up his not even wife his girlfriend's parents car collection he offered it up to us and now we're offering just random strangers yeah we have a microphone and it's terrifying that's what's happening yeah (laughs) yikes all right so mike thanks for writing he would like to get his son a pre-owned car. So his son's a college freshman, snowy upstate New York. Yep. And so he's some, he wants something that will be performance designed but not flashy mm-hmm. and capable in the snow and manual transmission. 
Budget is $20,000, which is a great budget for this, actually. Love it. And manual is very cool, too. The short list, he says, would be a 2014 or 15 BMW 328iX, so the all-wheel drive wagon, mm-hmm. 12 or 13 Golf R. He's considering a 2008 S4 Avant and also the 2010-2013 2, A3 2.0, so that's the Quattro Avant as well. Did that come in a manual? I, maybe the... F- the Quattro might, might have, not maybe. have. The front-wheel anyway, yeah. drive maybe did, but the, I'm not sure the Quattro did. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember off the top of my head. Sorry. So Subaru scare him with a 120,000-mile head gasket history. Do we have strong feelings for any of these cars, or is there an alternative option that we should recommend? Mm-hmm. And would a GTI with snow tires suffice in one of the snowiest parts of the country? Yes, it would suffice. It, it would be great, yeah, yeah. actually. The, the, big, the big thing here that I want to say to you, Mike, and also to your son, is the big thing I believe about snow tires and drive wheels and that kind of stuff. And again, I drove the FRS for a couple of years. It's going to be about clearance. Mm-hmm. And a good mm-hmm. snow tires. If you're getting enough snow that you have a serious clearance problem, but none of the cars you're talking about are extra lifted, yeah. so you're going to yeah. have grip. Now, I will say here, here's the exception. Here's the exception. If your son is driving in a scenario where there's lots of hills and the hills get icy, okay. then Fair I enough. start to think, okay, let's really lean into all-wheel drive. But short of those realities, I think if the car can punch through, and, what, and my experience was always, again, the FRS was never high, and neither was the Mini. My experience was generally all of the roads I'm going to use are major enough that they've been plowed. I'm not the snow plow. Sure. I'm not having to cut fresh tracks anywhere I go, which would have made me in some cases think twice about can I take this car everywhere. I suspect your son in most cases is not going to be the first one down any road either. So I think snow tires are going to be the deciding factor and not drive wheels. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I, I totally agree there. I mean, I'm about to put winter tires on our <clears throat> yes. rear-wheel drive. Quattroporte. That's a totally different and far less intelligent decision. But yes, you are. <laughs> All right. So as I was looking around on this Motor Cars site, this Motor Cars Atlanta, I can't across... start shopping in Atlanta. That is random. Well, they just it's one of those unique boutique dealers you that found the finds site. the sure. really nice examples of whatever sure, sure, they have sure. yeah, yeah. and they're perfect and mm-hmm. they're decently priced. And so I found an O three GTI in Emola Yellow with thirty four thousand huh. miles for fourteen nine. Whoa. All right. I mean All right. you're you're going back. And the reason I actually went backwards is because of insurance. Because sure. I'm thinking sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. your son's at college, the car probably will be sitting outside. By the way, get him a covercraft car cover for it, whatever yes. he gets. Just yes. I know he's gonna want to protect it. But I'm thinking, all right, the car's gonna be outside. Friends, wherever you go, they'll be beating on it a little bit. So you want something nice and you know workable for all the requirements that you need. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But for insurance purposes, the newer you go, the less performance you'll be able to to add to it point. essentially. Interesting. I point, mean, we're not yeah. talking civic type R. We're not talking yeah hey, pretty new, and it's got some hot performance because you'll be paying through the nose for insurance. So if we go backwards to something that's well-preserved and well-kept lower miles, Mm, maybe that's a place to start, too, as after, you know, he graduates from college and then moves up, you know, in the enthusiast world and graduates to the next, the next, and the next. So I I found this 03, so it was the end of the fourth generation, beginning of the fifth generation. I think it's the the fourth generation body style that I found here. And the yellow, it's bright yellow, very unique, Hmm. perfect condition. 34,000 miles. Cool. 14.9, you know they'd take 14. Yeah. It's motorcarstudio.com in Atlanta. I also wouldn't be afraid of the Subaru. I mean, it's a foregone conclusion. I wouldn't be afraid of those necessarily. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I want something really different and unique for you. To really learn driving, I'd say get an 86 with winter tires. Rear-wheel drive, 86, winter tires, yep. and we're good. That interesting. That's my wild grand? card. That's my wild card. You can get a nice one for 20 grand. Get an 86 with rear-wheel drive, winter tires, stick shift, and just enjoy. I, I, that is my wild It's interesting you went there. You of all people went there because I think that is my wild card, but I still love it. I think it's a perfect car for that situation. Yeah. And th- yeah. the dynamics, you're going to learn dynamics so quickly in that car. So, so the Scion FRS, that was how it started. Yeah, and right. And the Subaru BRZ, the Scion FRS, they're cheap now. 15, 16 grand. Yeah. And they don't cost anything to maintain. I, I have proven apparently the entire country of Canada drives these cars as sports cars and <laughs> raged at me for not having enough snow in my videos. So, I mean, they've so been driven. there's a fair amount, but, you know, maybe may guess that's not but, enough. But still. not enough for Canada. So that was the okay. thing. It, so that will absolutely work. I love that you brought it up because it's my absolute wild card. I think it would be a great choice. BRZ uh, 86 Scion FRS. It's all the same car. Mm-hmm. I really do like that. I have others. Okay. I'm, I've got a couple of others Please. here as well. 
I'm looking at Veloster or Veloster Turbos. Hmm. Not okay. the N, but okay. maybe yeah, yeah. the prior generation Veloster Turbo. All Again, right. I'm thinking All insurance, right. but if we go a little bit older, hopefully sure. we can save sure, some sure. money in there. Very cool cars. Lots of fun to drive. They are front-wheel drive. Winter tires, I think, make all the difference. I yeah. think it will yeah, yeah. level the playing field far more dramatically than you think. Like, ooh, all-wheel drive. You know, I think it really will. But then I had this thought. Okay. You really want to stand out. He's going into automotive engineering. So yeah. he's yeah, a yeah. car guy. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. How about an early 2000s Z3 Coupe? Ooh. Can you find those for 20000 and under? You're doing clown shoe, but not the M car. Correct. Not okay. the full M, yeah, yeah. but just the yeah, Z Coupe. Yeah. It'd be a mm. rare beast. Yeah. People would yeah. wonder, especially, mm-hmm. you know, guys his age, what is this thing? Yeah. Let yeah, me yeah. tell you, Interesting. it's unique. Okay. He would stand out, but it's not too out of the ordinary. I mean, for car people, we, we all think it's a weird, cool, what is this thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would kind of blend in, even though it's a bread wagon from BMW. Anyway, maybe it won't. <laughs> it's not blending, but it's okay. <laughs> but it's I just right. think from, very cool. from his perspective, you know, being an automotive engineer and wanting something quirky, unique, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. it fit a different market. And could you find one of those? They're hard to find in manual and not the M. That's yes, the problem. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, but if yeah. you can, it might be higher mileage, but maybe gets to work on it a little bit. Maybe mm-hmm. start some wrench on it a little bit mm-hmm. and understand, you know, all right, what's the German engineering perspective and what do these parts cost yeah, and what yeah, do they yeah. do and all that kind of stuff. So it could be interesting. It's rear wheel drive BMW. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool. Yeah. 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 Just food for thought. Interesting. I want to speak to the ones you've got on here already, uh, Mike, and then I want to uh, speak to some others that I think you should look at. The, the question that I'm wondering about is you talking about how you want to get this car as a gift for your son, but you want to kind of encourage his car love. Yeah. Right. Right. So what that says to me is let's get something with personality. Let's get something that isn't stayed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then the dad in you wants something not flashy and all wheel drive. And those are kind of (laughs) counterpoints. Yeah. Yeah. So let me just walk through the stuff you brought up. Look that, that 2014, 2015 three series X drive wagon, solid, not a lot of personality. Now, unique because it's a three-series wagon. You don't see a lot of it those. Is. It is. But our, in our experience, the X-Drive kind of mutes the good steering feel of the – now, frankly, BMWs now have lost good steering feel. But when it had it, the X-Drive kind of killed it. So it kind of takes away a little bit of the BMW-ness, mm-hmm. even though the manual transmission wagon is cool and unique. I will give you that for sure. You've got two Audis on there, the 08 S4 wagon and the uh, the A3 uh, Quattro wagon. Uh Interesting, cool. I I kind of like the S4 a little more because it's a little more unique of those two. I don't really feel like that A3 wagon ever really stood out. I think that the Golf R is more interesting than the A3, personally. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree on that. I think more fun, more interesting. Yeah. So that would be my recommendation there. That was the the, the Mark VI Golf R, if I'm not mistaken, back in uh, based on those uh, years. So I think that's the more interesting car over the Audis. I think the Audis would be interesting, but I think the Golf is better. But I still wonder... Is the Golf R2 stayed? Um, I like it. Yes, but for this stage of life, too, you're also a freshman in college. So yeah. does it need to just be like, what is that amazing thing you have? Well, fair. But What's I just the balance, wondered, right? I just wondered, do you need something a little more personality? And that's a judgment call between you and your son and your son's personality, what he likes. I think that first, that Mark Six Golf R is viable. Mm-hmm. But following down that rabbit trail, I have a couple things that I found. Okay. Because I do like the Golf R. But have you thought about you could get an Evo 10, the GSR with the oh. manual? Yeah, I guess you Evo could. Evo 10 with the manual. Take off the big wing and put the lip spoiler that gets on, that shows up on the MR. Makes that car look very subtle comparatively. Yeah, but the wing's got the personality. No, but no, the car has crazy. the personality. I think the, the drivetrain has the personality. But if you take the wing off, it just looks like a boring old Lancer. But, not, but when you're driving it... Yeah. It's, it's going to feel so much more interesting than all the sure. other cars that he's got on his list. Sure. So an Evo 10 GSR with the five-speed will be bomb-proof in any kind of weather. A laugh. That engine's actually more reliable than the Subaru stuff. Crazy enough. So crazy enough. I think he Hard would to find thoroughly enjoy that car. Mod- if, modify if it. You if you can't can. do that, you can step down to Rally Art, which is what I have. Don't get the... Uh, don't get the. I think you can get the rally art. Maybe about to speak wrong. Sell him yours. No, no. He wants a manual. Ideally, oh. well, so, so you can get, so the, you rally get the rally art, art with the manual, but not the wagon. I, I, I could be wrong. Anyway, mm. 
the main thing is I would love the Evo 10 to happen here because I think it is – the other thing about it is unlike the Golfs or some of these, it's a true all-wheel drive system, and it's a smart all-wheel drive system that does things kind of like the GTR. Yeah. So Yeah, you've got different settings for yeah. – for, uh, And it's really very and, impressive. And you know what is yeah. has down to 25? Uh-oh. His budget's 20. 25. You're going to spend get money. You the Ford Focus RS. Twenty-five grand. The, I looked them up. What? Because I was, I was what? wondering. I looked them up. There's not a lot of them. High miles, right? Not a ton. Less than you think, because they're not that old. Now I don't know well, what insurance is going to be on these two. A but, Focus RS is going to be, yeah, That'd probably be a, a little scary. But but who knows? But here's my question: though. twenty-five grand twenty-five for grand RS? for a Focus RS. Does that mean Fiesta STs are under ten yet? In some cases, I bet you they are. You want to go look? <laughs> Sorry, but, but here's but here's the thing. The Ford Focus RS, I would love to have one of those in the snow. That'd be a great winter car. That would. It'd be a fantastic winter car, and it's a crazy fun It's got drift car. mode. It's got everything mode. It's just fun. Hoon it's handle. purpose fun mode. Drift stick. Get that in blue. I, I, I realize I am probably, look, Mike is probably a little horrified right now because I, his son is listening to this, and I'm giving him terrible ideas, and I think <laughs> I'm course. way too far into college fun car than he would like to go. But you asked for alts. Yeah, yeah, these are the alts. Twenty-five grand could get you a Ford Focus RS, and it could certainly get you an Evo Ten. Ooh, at all of that Oof. to say, I still think your your uh, car that you first mentioned, my wild card, is one of my favorites, and that is an eighty-six chassis, rear-wheel drive, doesn't have a ton of power. Get that with uh, with winter tires and enjoy. Yeah, that'll be a lot car of fun. Control. Yeah, for anyway. sure. All right. Thanks for writing. Really appreciate it. Let us know what you guys end up buying. Send photos if you can. Always enjoy seeing that. We want to share it with the audience. So if you've got your own car conclusions as well, whether or not we covered it on the podcast, please send that along with your car debates. Lots of questions still needing to be harvested. And I will jump in here on Instagram from Destino. And, you know, Destino is saying, aside from the ridiculous torque, do you think electric vehicles will ever feel as engaging Hmm. as manual transmissions do? Hmm. Funny you say this because I was just mentioning the Electric GT website, the Electric GT company who has started to put electric motors in various cars. Now, a lot of folks are doing this, Mm -hmm. but what these guys did was create an electric motor in the shape of a V8 block engine. Hmm. Okay. So one of the first projects they did was a Ferrari 308. Interesting. Okay. And they dropped this V8 shape that is the electric motor in its place okay okay and what's crazy is they kept the manual transmission so everything they're doing has a manual interesting all right dry clutch manual transmission you can shift these things this electric huh. is do- in california is doing the same thing yeah, yeah, yeah because electric motors don't work with the power losses of torque converters very well they don't like automatic transmissions hooked up to electric motors yeah so that's yeah, yeah. why actually in a weird way Electric motors like manual transmissions. If you're going to have a a gear change at all, yeah. yeah. So this actually could be good news from here on out for all of us enthusiasts because, all right, ICE engines are disappearing, and so we got to go electric. All right, but manual transmissions actually mate better and work better in the future. So this could mean the manual's not quite dead yet. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Now, that's going to be an interesting car to drive. In general, electric cars, as they are now, the only party trick they have is the acceleration. Yeah, which is is blindingly fast. It's a laugh. For sure. It's it's a different kind of engagement, though. Mm -hmm. It's not the mechanical, I'm in tune with the car's mechanics, and I'm understanding what the revs are doing, and I'm I'm totally in tune with my car. It's a different feeling. And even when they handle well, like the Model 3 is a good example, even when they handle well... They feel odd because they have so much weight they're hauling around with batteries, even if it's placed really low. It has that mm-hmm. kind of – you remember the Weeble Wobbles? I'm sorry, weird reference. Remember uh, those? Vaguely. They, they, were the, they were these things that were egg-shaped, little, little kid's toy from when you and I were fetuses. Anyway, they were <laughs> kid's toys, and you could knock them over, but they'd stand back up again. Okay. There's a lot of things that have been done this way. That is a cool engine. Just show me that engine now. That ElectricGT.com. Look at the, the uh, engine. But it's weighted on the bottom, so it can't fall over. I mean, I feel like that's what a – good handling uh, electric car feels like. Okay. It doesn't want to okay. fall over because the weight's really low, and so it feels like it handles well because it doesn't shift much because the, the body weight doesn't shift much because it's so low, but it feels heavy. It's like those ball toy things you give to cats, and they chase them around. And kind they, of. So you, know, you, compare, you compare it to a well-weighted, well-balanced, lighter car, and it doesn't feel like that kind of handling. Mm-hmm. 
But it is interesting how the, the change is happening. And then there's the other side of the equation, though. This was asked before. Will there, we get to a place where kids get to driving age mm-hmm. and don't like the sound of an internal combustion engine? Does that sound like it's I un- hope that never happens. Does it sound unattractive to them? I mean, who doesn't like the sound of a wailing V12? But you and I have grown up in this. Yeah, but okay. So just... if if the, if your experience is the sound of an electric motor, or the silence of an electric motor, or the whir of an electric motor, and now you have this big clattery thing, I mean, I'll give you another example. There are people out there who cannot stand the sound of a Harley Davidson motorcycle. Okay, I can All see right? that. Now, I, here's the thing. I get it. It doesn't do anything for me, but I get it. Sure. Okay, but just extrapolate that out. You could be a, with a person who doesn't like the sound of an internal combustion engine that is one that we're all going, oh, man, that sounds awesome. They're going, that sounds like noise. It's very possible. That's like a white noise generator, the whir of an electric motor, the soothing, beautiful sounds. No. <laughs> it's all tire noise. Anyway. Speaking of modifying, on Facebook, Adam Von Neeson says, it seems that car enthusiast culture is also car modifying culture. We seem to be mostly purists with our own cars, and have we ever caught the modifying bug? Or have we, you know, recommended a car, or one mod was done to address a weak area for that car? Well, sure, we've done that. All kinds of tires alone are a, mm-hmm. a great driver mod. Improving your own driving skills is the, the first place we start. That is the but, number one mod right there. You know, yes. we've talked about the torque dip in the 86. Yep. We've yep. talked about simple you know, flash the ECU kinds of things. Mm -hmm. That's one of the easiest things and cheapest things you can do to extract performance. Yep. It interests me like crazy, but then we always come to the discussion about getting your money back out of the car when you sell it. We always arrive at this point with, yeah, you can't do it. It's tough to do it because whatever my choices are, it's hard to find that buyer. Yeah. I do like modified cars a lot. I'm actually enjoying them more. The more we get to drive, I do like them, as a matter of fact. And that's why I'm coming across this electricgt.com. It's it's fascinating to me. Not that it's all about the electric thing. It's just the modification, and they're bringing these old cars back to life again without the worry of... Oh man, you got to be an expert and you know all this stuff and yeah. spend your time. You got to have the tools in the garage. And what if you don't have time or the well, garage it's, to it's do that? The new idea, new experience into the old look. I mean, it, it's it's in its own way. It's another. It's a new way to do resto mods. It is. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's fascinating to me. Modifying. I look at parts. I think, oh man, what I'd love to do all this stuff to the Cayman. But then we've talked about modding out of class quite a bit, mm-hmm. and it's just easy to get there when you think. I should have bought the upgraded car that already did that, that was engineered for that. And so the way I want to do modifying is the way I can't afford to do it. I want to take it to have stage one done or stage two done. Mm -hmm. I don't want to just throw parts willy-nilly without knowing, okay, this part is designed and it'll fit, but does that mean it's going to get me what I want? I want something that's been tuned and tested by a Dynan, by a Roush, by a, you know. The R&D part is the hard part of modding, yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so, well, stage three will get you this, this, and this, and it'll get you this feeling. And here, we actually have one of these cars modded with that stage. Mm -hmm. Why don't Mm -hmm. you take it for a drive so you can feel like it? Sure, sure. That's what I want, personally. Mm -hmm. I don't want to just start throwing parts at a car, but... You know, I can't afford that, to be honest. I'd love to be able to do that, but I can't. Along these lines, Joshua wrote in on Twitter and said, looking back, he's asking me, looking back, was the header and the tune worth it for my FRS? And have I ever driven an E85 car? Uh, Okay, first off, I have have put exhausts on multiple of my cars, and I have regretted all of them. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I'm just saying. I, I just You've in general, cars with the exhaust on. Yes, there. I in general I have not liked the aftermarket exhaust on various cars I have owned, and I have wished I'd had the stock exhaust back. That plays to the FRS as well. I would not have done the exhaust change, but the header change combined with the tune did actually both combined did actually fully kill the torque dip. Mm. Now mm-hmm. Chance had a BRZ and he had just the tune and it almost killed the torque dip. Yeah, right. But right. the the header and tune both did completely t- kill the torque dip and I actually really preferred the drivability of that car without those two changes. So I do think those parts are worth it. I would not have personally done the exhaust again, but that's just personal preference. Uh, it just got a little loud and droney for me, but okay. Having said that, the E85 questions come out before because that was a way to make a lot of power in a lot of cars, especially that 86 chassis. There is one E85 station drivable from me, and it's like 50 miles away one way. E85, running that, doing that conversion to your car to get more power out of it. I have not driven one, plus I didn't want to consider it because the truth is that was not a lifestyle I could lead. 
you've got to have a lot of stations close to you at easy accessibility to make it even worthwhile. If you have all of those features, then yeah, that's an easy way to get a lot of power out of that chassis without having to go to a bunch of parts. So uh, take that as you will. Joseph T. is asking on Facebook, what are our thoughts on the recent trend of what seems like every auto manufacturer going to all digital dashes, digital mm -hmm. instrument panels? He thinks some of them look cool and offer a wider array of info that can be personalized. You're right. But overall, he's not a fan because he feels it's something that doesn't age well and will date a car. Especially, you know, we know manufacturers will not intentionally update the software and hope to buy the newest thing more often. I mean, that mm -hmm. is part of the reason. That's what Tesla is trading on. You can update the firmware and it's a newer car. Yeah, it does yeah, yeah. new things. And I think we'll start to see that more in the future. I, I do. I look at the new MBUC system from Mercedes and I think Which is really good. this would be so easy to update for a new instrument panel, a new yeah. look to either download it or whatever, I I think it could work it's if they're willing to. full digital iPad-looking tech. Is. You're right. You it could is. completely just update the operating system and have a totally new skin. I, yes. I mean, I see yes. that possibility, mm -hmm. even though you're right. Does that mean they're always going to do that? Maybe not necessarily. But yeah, yeah, yeah. once that's there, it's. I think it's going to proliferate more than we think, to be honest. And to be honest, it's also... <sighs> a little bit less expensive than making all the knobs and pieces and bits and bobs all over the car that do one thing. Have you ever gotten yeah. in an 80s BMW and you think, well, that's novel. This one large button does one job. Yes, that is fan up. This is fan down. Exactly, the, because the other one does fan down or the window down. There's two one yeah. up, one down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's not even a rocker switch. It is two separate <laughs> buttons. And it's, you know, the tooling for that button, the spring underneath, yep. the return, yep. the hem... Every, and it's a little enclosed thing, and uh -huh. that has to be wired up next to its companion for window down. Yep. <laughs> well, that's a lot of tooling which I, investment. Which I kind of love, to be honest. But it's yes. fantastic. And you yeah. get the tactile feel. Oh, completely, yeah. But that's expensive, and it offers up new design language around mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. the car, to be honest. Yes, it cleans things up visually. Can You know, I think the end of the Porsche generations, the Panamera, the last generation Panamera, yeah. did it well. For as many buttons as it had, it did it well. I loved that version. I really did. There's a lot, a of people lot going it, on in there. I loved though. it, yeah. I mean, so it can reduce visual clutter, all mm -hmm. that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. The problem, Joseph, is digging for the, the function, digging through the Agreed. stupid menus Agreed. to get to the function, yes. especially that rear wing on the Panamera. It was four menus deep. <laughs> no! That's the rear wing. It's always had a dedicated button. Now it's four menus deep. What is going on? So now yeah. we see every manufacturer having a knob, a rotary knob that does, it's also probably multifunction for yeah. fan speed or volume or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. but it is the, the go-to thing. And I realize that's tactile. So what's the balance? I think, you know, we're not seeing, we're going back to all, you know, mechanical everything. That's not coming. It's digital yeah. from here on out. Yeah. But then what are the priorities that we as manufacturers or we as consumers telling the manufacturer saying we've got to have a volume knob mm -hmm. honda put that one in the civic type r for 2019 which is awesome it's awesome yeah cool but we've got to have the tactile feel for certain important functions yeah 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 we've raged digital for the various things. digital for the rest the q8 we talked about that i talked about why on earth is the whole hvac system not buttons and knobs because they're touchscreen sorry i don't want to start the rant again <laughs> yes that we've been here a we asian go back and forth on yeah. this subject we, we do asian ed on instagram asked a good question that led me to a thought a larger thought he said will we be doing vanity plates on the phaeton or the quattroporte oh yes. the answer is yes and i'm coming back around to it but the thing that's dawning on me is because look i know some of you are going to send podcast numbers at us to to, to back up what i'm about to say <laughs> These cars are already the great exception to many, many of our rules. <laughs> you said you never wanted a Maserati ever. You're driving one. Uh, and I'm digging Maserati now. Yeah. It, it's, uh, they're, they're, but, What's wrong with me? But this is all along those lines that we have talked about about new experience. We've talked about not liking vanity plates, not labeling a vanity plate that somehow relabels your car, these kind of things. We are just accepting... Let's do weird things with these cars. Let's do stuff we normally wouldn't do because it's this experience in these cars. For I'm sure. not going to tell you what they are, but both of these cars are getting personalized plates. I, my only regret is that I'm going to have my first video shot you did as well before it's on there. Yeah. But they are both getting yeah. personalized plates, which we normally wouldn't do. Uh, we're, we're having all kinds of just... Let's embrace it and laugh about it, fun with these cars, so that is happening. Well, as soon as we get them, we'll update on social media, of course. Andrew S. is asking about the Mustang SUV. That's you know, what we'll just call it, right? Mm -hmm. Is there ever a point where an SUV could re replicate the driving dynamics of the greatest hits cars? Well, Elon is certainly doing that in his reveal video. Mm, he's trying. <clears throat> 
is it even possible for the physics of a vehicle to replicate something along the lines of an 86 or Miata? Let's say it's possible if car companies are willing to ditch cars, how likely will they be to pursue a true driving enthusiast SUV? Mm. Well, isn't that the Urus? I mean, isn't that the yeah, Cayenne well, Turbo it's, S? The Macan is trying to be a little the sports Macan's car, even up though there. it's trying to be an SUV. Yeah. Ultimately, Porsche has done a great job of defying physics. Yes, they have, for sure. Ultimately, you can't defy weight placement. No. And as you were talking about Agreed. earlier, that low center of gravity, that low weight is astounding. Mm-hmm. Nissan GTRs are in another category. They're almost 4,000 pounds, and they do things that they shouldn't be able to they do. They shouldn't, but they're wickedly heavy. And you can't get away from the fact they feel heavy. But they do feel heavy. But modern BMW M, the X6M and X5M, they you feel like you're sitting in a UPS truck. Supersonic and a high And they're chair. faster yep. and they corner better and they do everything better than a lot of sports cars. Yeah, They just yeah, yeah. do. Mm-hmm. It's astounding. I think we're going to continue down that road. I think people are going to want the performance versions of those. And I only think that the low center of gravity in electric cars and SUVs is going to help. I think it will. Yeah. But ultimately, I hope... People will rediscover, like, oh, the smaller, lighter thing is actually better. I like driving it better. See, that's a key thing. The difference here is performance versus feel. Yeah. I think manufacturers, to your point, are already creating SUVs that have matching or better performance than sports cars. But because of size and height and weight, they cannot mimic. You and I drove those Spec Racer Fords, and that video is eventually coming, I swear. (laughs) But we drove those Spec Racer Fords. You climb into that thing at, like, 1,500 pounds— and it doesn't feel like anything else you drive because it isn't like anything else you drive. And everything else, including the thing we drove in in the parking lot, was faster than that. And I don't care. Exactly. Andrew, that's the question back to you. If all these future SUVs are better in every conceivable way and the car you love will get crushed by it, but you love it and it's slower in every way and it doesn't mm-hmm. do those things, but you have a good feel and you love driving it, it gives you a lot of pleasure driving it mm-hmm. will you care yeah excellent point i i get I, I could get completely run past in my lotus on the track on the straights you have done it many times paul <laughs> I have. but yet do i want to be in anything else out there i really don't yeah so there's that chris soon is asking on uh, chris Soon's asking on facebook he's saying he's a civic uh, type r owner how are you man he's got that car loves it he's had it for a while he's intrigued by the veloster n <laughs> if he downgrades to a Veloster N, is it going to feel like a downgrade? Now, a couple of things here. These are two of the best front-wheel drive car experiences that are available right now. Absolutely period. agreed, yes. There, there's, there's trade-offs here, man. And I'm going to try to unpack it for you a little bit, Chris, but I was thinking about this. Here's a main place you're going to downgrade if you go to Veloster. It isn't as powerful. It isn't as usable. Okay? But on the upgrade category, I would say this to you. The Type R, one of the only things I don't like about it is it's not customizable enough. The best steering feel in that car, in our opinion, was in the comfort setting. Mm-hmm. But everything mm-hmm. else you want in sport, you can't mix and match. The The party trick of the Veloster in for a driver is how do you want it set up? Yeah. yeah. Everything is adjustable. They've got, you know, you can do the, the, the most comfort to the most hardcore in everything you can imagine. You can mix and match and you can build your setting. You can turn the car into your version. You it's can like make it. 1,200 combinations of it's, different it's settings. Nuts. It's nuts. You yeah. can make it as hair on fire as possible with the quietest possible exhaust setting or vice versa. <laughs> Which is pretty cool. Which is very cool. So in that regard, I think you as a driver would feel like you got to make the car yours more. Mm-hmm. But I think in power and usability, you would feel like you stepped down a bit. I mean, Ultimately, that comfort setting, the Civic Type R, is so comfortable. It's incredible. You can't believe it. It's incredible, yeah. And the the transformation. Anyway, you're going to have to drive both. I I mean, you already drive the Civic Type R, but drive both. We've got to end on a Track Daily Crush because we haven't yet. (laughs) And we keep ranting about the Tesla Cybertruck. So Mm. Club Racer 6 says Tesla Cybertruck, Mustang Mach-E, or Maserati Levante. Oh, oh, man. Yeah, I saw you throw that one in there. (laughs) It was it was okay. bait. Cybertruck, Levante, <laughs> and the and, and the Maki, yeah. Track Daily Crush. Where yet? Um, hmm. <laughs> hmm. Okay. All right. Assuming, assuming, assuming that the Cybertruck does everything Elon claims it does. Yeah. Which is a, I'm making a big leap right there. Let's assume it does everything. Okay. Then that's actually your track beast. 
doesn't need to look attractive, doesn't need to have a nice interior. It's a track car. You're just there to beat on people. It's, yeah. it's, it's just your track beast. And then I can't believe I'm going to say it, but um, probably the Levante for the daily. Really? Yeah. This is now granted. Well, if I'm doing a, a city commute, I want an electric car, so the so the the Mustang, whatever it is, starts to become viable because you know you're sitting and stop and go. But oh, oh man, <laughs> it's I, hard. It's, it's, it's not, this hard. is not fun. I don't like this one. This is not fun. Can I can I eject anyway? <laughs> I I'm going to make a film about how I'm going to destroy the Tesla Cybertruck. I'm going to film it. <laughs> About the destruction. Then I'm going to scrape all those little pieces together so and wait, pile them in a little so pile wait. in the Nevada desert. And then I'm going to blow that little pile up. So the Levante actually survives the crusher in this scenario? Not only that, but the Maserati gets tracked. That is funny. As much as I loathe the Levante. Yes, you do. By the way, the Levante just means raised. Just means raised. Yeah. Like Quattroporte means four-door. Exactly. This is what Maserati does. <laughs> Coupe means two-door. It's done. done. It's yeah, easy. We're just, it, uh, yeah. Let's not make things hard. Let's go drinking. Yeah, exactly. Let's stop. <laughs> What's the hard I've had part? espresso and I need alcohol. Let's move on. <laughs> the Levante gets tracked because Maserati has racing history. Okay. That okay. is the only reason sure. that it gets tracked. Okay. So and you're dailying the, the Mustang? Makes me stuck in the Mach-E on a daily basis. Which actually might, all things considered, wind up as a decent commute car. At least I'll feel like I'm in a Tesla because of the interior. <laughs> you'll, you're actually, you've got more of an interior than a Tesla. I hate to say <laughs> That's it. That's true. Guys... Thank you, as always, for your amazing questions and your great debates. Please keep sending everything to us. For sure. It is you that makes the podcast fun, really, for your, your descriptions and your stories. Mm-hmm. And you guys drop us a line. And we do get the emails when you say, hey, I found this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just wanted you guys to see it. If we can't get back to you, we do see it. So thank you a million. We, we really read them all. It. And we also really appreciate You guys have been doing this more of late, and I really appreciate it. Thank you for rating and reviewing the podcast. Oh, yes. that yes. changes where it sits on people's recommends and where it changes on the list. When people are looking for podcasts, guys, I'm not kidding. We get at least an email a month where somebody goes, I found the podcast because I was looking for automotive podcasts, looked at the top 10 or so, and there you guys were. That is because you guys listening do the rating and reviewing. Yep, absolutely. We're definitely looking forward to next time. As always, cheers, everyone.